What is up, everybody? This is Alex, and you are listening to the American Toffee Podcast, serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. I hope everyone had a fantastic week leading up to uh, the match today at the Emirates Stadium against Arsenal. Um, I want to start off by saying uh, I really appreciate all, well, the support as usual. Thank you for tuning in, but um, I really I really appreciate people hitting me up, you know, sending me emails, messages, wanting to come on the show. I've been slow to reply to a lot of them or follow up. I just have a very, very busy uh, life currently. Um, and so it's pretty hard for me to plan around different things, you know, to to get ready to record a match um, with, with, you know, different people, especially remotely. I tried it for the first time last week. And that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. But, you know, it took hours upon hours, whereas usually, you know, I can I can write my notes and get an episode recorded within 45 minutes to an hour. So it just takes a little bit more planning, um, a lot of a lot of attempts and, and that sort of thing. So please bear with me, but I, I really do appreciate it. So to get right into it, I thought the team selection was I thought it was pretty, pretty good. I was kind of skeptical when I saw it, but um, I think it worked out well. So, started Pickford in, Pickford in goal, um, John Joe Kenny at right back, uh, Michael Keane and Kurt Zuma in the middle. Which I was surprised to see Michael Keane back this quickly, to be honest. Um, but that was a pleasant surprise, and no surprise um, that he uh, or that he replaced Holgate as opposed to Zuma because Holgate was was really not not up to par last week. Lucas Digne played on the left-hand side at left back, which again pretty um, pretty straightforward. In the middle of the park, we had Ghana and Tom Davies, uh, Davies being captain actually, and then Sigurdsson in attacking midfield. And then our front three was uh, Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Theo Walcott. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, I don't think it was really a surprise to see him replace Jenk Tosin. I think it was welcomed, and it was a smart idea, especially um, because we can utilize his pace, and he wins a lot more balls in the air and that sort of thing. So, you know, he's been on form. Jenk Tosin hasn't. He offers a little bit more pace to counter um, counteract the high line that Arsenal plays. Um, and so I thought it was a pretty good decision. So scoreline ended up being 2-0 to zero Arsenal, which I think – all of us will feel very hard do- hard done by. Um, we had 38% possession, which was pretty expected. I mean, you're not you're not going to go to the Emirates and hold possession. Um, but we had nine shots, six on target. So we were equal on shots, but we had more one more on target than they than they did. And we had nine corners to their five. So that can kind of show you who was more um, who was more. Uh, I guess who had more of a bite in the attack albeit obviously we weren't as clinical, but the stats there look pretty positive in general. So I thought the game, I thought it was a positive showing from Everton, right? The first half, we were a much better team. Um, we had we, we had a chance in the first, I think, minute in which DCL decided to try to go around Petr Cech instead of uh, pass the ball across goal to Richarlison for a tap-in. Obviously a bad decision, but... These types of decisions comes with experience, right? Calvert-Lewin is still 20, 21 years old. He started a lot of matches last season, but at the end of the day, 
He's still a really young guy with not very much experience playing away at the Emirates, um, his first start of the season. So you can't, you know, you can't really blame him for that. Plenty of other chances too. I think Walcott in the first half had uh, one-on-one with Petrcek. Petrcek um, saved it with his right boot, stretched out. And I think Richarlison also had a, a shot or two. So, you know, very positive in the first half. And I'm thinking to myself, um, we're looking pretty good. We come out in the second half. I thought we still looked better at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, uh, Lacazette scores with a beautiful strike on a counterattack, kind of out of nothing. Actually, no, it wasn't a counterattack. It was. It kind of broke down, recycled the ball. Lacazette took a great shot, hit the inside of the post. Pickford had no chance, and it was in the back of the net. And that's kind of when things turned for us. I think a minute or two later, Aubameyang scored the second goal. He was completely offside. The linesman was there, just decided he didn't want to call it for offside. The commentators all agreed it was pretty egregious, but what can you do at that point? Going down the list, though, I think Jordan Pickford had a good game. He had three saves, all positive. Um, I thought he commanded the back line pretty well. He looks confident as usual, and he had some good distribution. Looked um, kind of like what we're used to compared to what we've been seeing. Uh, his distribution has kind of looked a little iffy in the last couple months in my mind. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that teams press and they try to get him on his right foot, which is his weaker foot. And it makes sense to do so because he is known very well for his for his distribution, specifically his long passes. So... Anyway, I thought he looked. I thought he looked really, really positive today, um, despite shipping two goals. John Joe Kenny he got burned by Aubameyang a couple times, and that, as I said with Calvert Lewin earlier, that comes with experience. But also, you're talking about one of the fastest players in the world, so maybe the fastest player in the world. I thought Kenny looked pretty pacey out there with him. He stuck with him pretty well, uh, but, you know, what can you do? Stuff happens. Wingers are known for being, you know, tricky, and, and that's kind of how it goes sometimes. John Joe looked pretty good going forward, though. He had a lot of pretty good um, passes. I thought his positioning was pretty good, too. I know a lot of people have been on his back lately about his positioning, talk about how he's not good enough, but I think he's the perfect secondary um, right back because... We'll still have a couple good years out of Seamus Coleman, fingers crossed, and that'll give him some more some more experience. But he's fantastic going forward. His positioning's getting better and better. He's pretty quick. And, you know, he just has that he has that Everton mentality. He doesn't stop working. Um, he's always looking to put a tackle in. So I thought he had a positive game. I'm really uh, to preface this, I'm really not gonna give a bad note to any players at all because I thought, although I'm very, very disappointed in how it played out, um, because I do think we were a better team overall, I thought that the Blues played really well today. So moving on to Keenan, Michael Keane and Kurt Zuma, I thought they were both pretty good. They were definitely dominant in the air every single time, and they had good distribution at the back. They looked confident. You could definitely see Kurt Zuma offers a good amount of pace in the back, and he's very strong as well. Michael Keane looked comfortable next to him. So I think that's a really exciting partnership to look forward to. 
I think Yeri Mina is gonna have to uh, gonna have to gonna have to force his way in. Hopefully, obviously, as most of us will be um, looking forward to, it'll be a long-term partnership of Yeri Mina and Michael Keane, seeing as how Kurt Zoom is on loan. But you never know. I think I think not that we we don't have a buyback clause or sorry a uh, a buyout clause in Kurt Zuma's loan, but I think it could be a really positive move if we can make it happen and it wasn't, you know, some outrageous fee. So we'll, we'll see, but hopefully Yuri Mina, um, he can break his break into the team. He trained for the first full week this week leading up to the match. So, you know, playing away at the Emirates was obviously not a great place for him to stick into the team for the first time. So I'm not going to say I'm surprised that he was not included, but he could be next week depending on uh, what Marco Silva sees in training. Lucas Digne looked good as always, albeit he was a little less involved on the attack. That, in my mind, was to compensate for the pacey opposition. You kind of saw John Joe Kenny pushing a little more forward, whereas in recent times we've been utilizing the left-hand side more. Um when he when he pushed forward, he looked good. He, he had good interplay with Richarlison. He had some good crosses. So, you know, he retained the ball well. That's one thing. I'm kind of getting off topic, but Everton really retained the ball well when we had the ball. Now you're going to say, okay, we had 38% possession, so how can you kind of contradict yourself there? But what I mean by that was the, you know, when Arsenal was closing down Everton, no matter who had the ball, it seemed like they somehow always got out of it, whether that was, you know, a quick short pass because, you know, they had support or, you know, they had they had some sort of just desire to, you know, keep the ball, hold the ball, recover it if it was taken. So that was good. Moving on to the middle of the pitch, I think Ghana had a much better game this week. Last week was was uncharacteristically poor, and I think it might have been the worst of, I've ever seen from him. He didn't make very many tackles. He had a lot of really poor Aaron passes. But this week he was good. He had a lot of tackles, a lot of good passes, um, and I thought it was very positive from him. As, as always, didn't stop running, didn't stop putting a shift in, fought till the end, and that's what we like to see. Tom Davies was captain this week, which was really, really big for me because looking at the team sheet, you would guess it would probably be Sigurdsson who would get captain. Um, first dibs on captain, maybe Jordan Pickford, but he gave Tom Davies the armband, and that's that's a huge indicator as to how Marco Silva or what Marco Silva thinks of Tom Davies. And I got to say, he wore it really well. I think this was his best display in a long time. When I say a long time, I think maybe a year and a half. He looked positive going forward, like really positive. I think he had he had the long pass to uh, Calvert Lewin in the first minute of the match to break him free, get past the get past the uh, defensive line, and and give him that opportunity. A lot of nice short passes. His positioning was really good. That was important. His positioning looked a lot better this week than it usually does or has in the past. So overall, and he won a couple balls back as well. So overall, I thought he had a really, really good game. I think Loki may be one of the better players on the pitch for Everton. Although, you know, center midfield, 
can be a thankless task most of the time. But he, he played that box-to-box midfield slot really well. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that same midfield going into next week. Sigurdsson, as I've said for everyone else, I thought he had a good game. He played between the lines really, really well. A lot of nice short passes to unlock and exploit the high line that Arsenal were playing. And I know the NBC commentators mentioned it a lot, but Arsenal insisted upon playing a high line, and they got burnt multiple times. Now, we didn't capitalize. We weren't clinical enough, whether that was you know, just sheer lack of finishing or if it was decision-making. But I think he had a really good match. His 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 set pieces could have been better, but you know, I thought that's one thing I noticed this week was that our set pieces didn't look anywhere near as 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 threatening as they have, you know, since the start of the season. So that, you know, that's not a huge deal, but either way, overall good game. I still don't understand the the negativity towards Gilfie Sigurdsson from the fan base. You know, he can't really um, be in control or, or have anything to do with the fee that Everton paid for him. Everton went in for Swansea's main man. Not a whole lot you're going to be able to do about it. If you want him, you're going to get him. You're going to pay for what, you know, what Swansea values him at, and rightfully so. I think he was very much worth 40-odd million pounds to Swansea. And again, I think I think it comes down to the fact that Sil- Sigurdsson's not a flashy player. He's not super pacey, but he's pretty average. And a lot of what he does, he just he sticks to the basics. He has good vision, and he does what he does really well. He plays between the lines. He makes some good passes. He can finish really well if he can get himself in that position, which under Marco Silva's system, he is in those positions more often than not now. I think the main issue this season is he's trying to figure out where he fits in because of the fact that the two midfielders behind him have been inconsistent in, one, how they play, but two, who's playing there, right? You've had a a, a mixture between Davies, Ghana, and Schneiderlin, and we haven't worked out who's going to be the box-to-box midfielder to connect the holding midfielder and, you know, the attacking midfielder slash the forward players. So you got to think that some of these things are not so one-dimensional as, oh, Sigurdsson's just been, you've just been, you know, out of the game. He's been, he's been quiet, non-existent. A lot of it is, is affected by the fact that we haven't figured out who is going to play the box-to-box midfield role and how they're going to do it. You know, Gomez was brought in to do that. Tom Davies is obviously in the mold of a box-to-box midfielder. He just hasn't been showing up until maybe today. Hopefully today's a turning point. So that's kind of my defense of Gilfie Sigurdsson. I thought he looked really good today. He never stops working, um, and I think that we are blessed to have him. Moving to the forwards, Richarlison had a great game. It was really refreshing to see him back on the pitch. It's just so good because, he, as I've said many times before, he's just so different to other wingers. He has he has a lot of pace and a lot of fantastic dribbling ability, but on top of that, he's got a fantastic build. He's got a lot of strength, so he can hold up the ball, but he still has the pace to turn. You know, whereas 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 a lot of players who can hold the ball up, specifically center forwards, don't have the pace or the agility 
and such to make it happen. So he's a huge, huge asset. It was really nice to see him back. I thought that he uh, he looked really, really quick against Bellerin today. Bellerin playing right back for Arsenal. So that was a really exciting to watch because usually Bellerin, um, if we're going to be quite honest, is, is able to pocket quite a bit of wingers, especially if they're not, or wide players in general, if they're not too quick because Bellerin is definitely one of the faster defensive players in the world. So I thought he looked good. He had, he had, I think, two or three shots. He was a tad selfish, I thought. You know, could have played Calvert-Lewin or Walcott in, I think, once each, if I remember correctly. But when it leads to a shot on target, you know, you, you can't really fault him for that. Furthermore, he's still in good form. So, like I said, a tad selfish, but that's not always a negative thing. Just an observation. Calvert-Lewin up front. I wouldn't say I'm surprised again that he started over Jenk Tosin, but I thought that it was a pretty bold move. Either way, he's been in form, he's been playing well, and I thought that it was the right choice to make. It you know, it, it is Arsenal away at the Emirates, but see, he he's better in the air, he wins a lot more balls that way. Furthermore, he has a lot of pace. And you gotta think, again, knowing in the back of your mind that Arsenal plays a high line just like we do. You can exploit that with a pacier striker, and Jenk Tosin is not that. Couple that with the fact that Jenk Tosin's been very out of form, and I think his match against West Ham was the worst we've ever seen. It was the right call. I think that, you know, I have a couple gripes about Calvert-Lewin, though. He needs to stay on his feet more, because I'm not going to say that, you know, they weren't roughing him up. I think a lot of center backs, defense defenses in general will really test strikers, especially new or younger strikers, new strikers to the league or younger strikers. And, you know, they're very very physical with him, but he needs to learn how to use his, his body and his strength better than he did. Furthermore, he needs to be less hesitant in front of goal. That comes with the confidence to make key passes, right? And that goes back to, again, the very first minute he decides to try to go right around Petr Cech instead of just you know, lay the ball across goal for Richarlison to tap it in. That just comes with experience. As I've said, Tom Davies, John Joe Kenny, Calvert-Lewin, they're just going to have to gain more experience and, you know, continue to do what they're doing. It, they're, they're minor gripes, but it's still there and it needs to be, you know, worked on. Unfortunately, you know, confidence and hesitation, the mental aspect of of football is not something you can always teach. So it's something that he's going to have to continue to work on himself. And hopefully the team, Marco Silva, Duncan Ferguson, can support him in what he's been doing. And, and I think I think they do, and I, I think they do it well. It, it really feels like the team is very close to each other. Um, side note, I, I hopefully you all have been seeing whether that be on Twitter or on Instagram or Snapchat, a lot of the videos that Richarlison is posting with Yeri Mina, that's a positive because Richarlison doesn't speak English. And, you know, so he's able to connect with Yeri Mina pretty well. They're not too far off in age. And that's always important. I think think that Funes Mori never really felt like he settled in at Everton in general just because of the fact that you know, any of his posts, and this is kind of millennialish of me, but all of his posts were with his family. You know, a lot of the team would go out and do this, that, and the other together. And yet, 
you know, Funes Mori was very much, very much felt secluded. So, and that, and, and, you know, that, that can be the language barrier, the culture different, cultural difference. So anyway, either way, very small thing, but I'm glad to see that Yeri Mina and Richarlison are, are making a, a, a nice friendship. Off to the right-hand side, Theo Walcott, back at the Emirates. I thought he had a good game. I think the home crowd was clapping for him within the first 30 seconds or so when he made a pass or got on the ball. I think it was the first time he got on the ball, maybe. He had plenty of good runs and good passes. As usual, he could be a little bit more clinical. That seems to be the main the main gripe of Arsenal supporters over the years was that he was never clinical enough, but... You know, what can you do? Sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off. I thought Petr Cech just had a really, really good game, to be honest. He had six saves, all six of our shots um, on goal. And that's how it is sometimes. Overall, I thought that Everton had a good game. I thought that we were better than Arsenal. Specifically in the first half, I thought we were better for the first 15 minutes in the second half. And then, you know, we kind of capitulated from there, but... It was positive to see Jank Tosin and, and specifically Bernard come on. Bernard came on for Walcott. And he looked pretty confident. I like to see a, a little bit of his trickery on the right-hand side there, cutting in and and that sort of thing. Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll continue to see him eased in and, um, you know, see what he's really about because he's still somewhat of an unknown quantity. I mean, you, you can say that, you can say that, a lot of people are very high on him and that sort of thing. He's, you know, he's played in on the international stage and he's played in in large competitions, but he had, week in week out he wasn't really playing against the toughest competition or tough toughest opposition. So we'll see how how he fares in the Premier League. He doesn't have the size or the physicality for it, but he has the pace. He has the dribbling ability, the finishing ability. So I really hope that he can be a really, really good option for us on, you know, on the wing. I really do. And even, you know, even if we can't figure out the box-to-box midfield um, dilemma, we could see Sigurdsson played there and Bernard played at the attacking midfield, kind of like we saw at the end of the game, match last week against West Ham. So I think it's a match, It's it's a performance to build off of and I look forward to next week. I'm actually not positive who we play next week. I haven't looked that you know that far. As I said, I've very, been very busy. But I'd be interested to to hear what all of you think. This will be posted on Reddit, um, and you know you can listen via Apple Music or sorry iTunes podcast. You can listen via Google Play Music, Spotify. There's an RSS feed. I'll have it on Stitcher. If you're not on Reddit. Um, make a Reddit account and go to go subscribe to the Everton subreddit. It's an awesome community. I think we're around 12,500 people now. They'll do match threads where you can, you know, in real time comment and, you know, talk to other Everton fans. A lot of the news is posted there and you can kind of comment and give your take on things. I've made quite a few friends over there. It's the main reason why I do the podcast because I like interacting with the community so do yourself a favor and join Reddit if you haven't already. And once you do join Reddit, as well as all of my friends over on the Everton subreddit that are listening now, please comment on this and let me know what you think of my opinion, what you thought of the match. 
Do you do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? Who would you like to see play next week if you didn't think that someone played as well as I thought? I'd love to hear your feedback. That's that's really what I do this for is to interact with you guys. It's not as fun posting, you know, posting an episode and not hearing a whole lot back. So please do that. As I said at the beginning, I'll work on getting back to everyone in terms of, you know, getting people on remotely on the show. If you if you would like to, um, and no promises because I've gotten a lot of inquiries, you can email me at americantoffee at gmail.com. Email me, you know, a minute or two clip recording of you talking, anything Everton related, it doesn't matter. Just give me some type of analysis on something. It can be as simple as, oh, I think Jank Tozen should start next week because of X, Y, and Z or whatever else because I want to hear your mic quality. I also want to hear, you know, how knowledgeable you are so that we can have a nice discussion on the on the episode if I decide, you know, to feature you. And so that would be that would be awesome. Also, please follow me at AlexJ757 on Twitter. I'm trying to kind of share the share the episodes on Twitter because the only place I advertise them now is on Reddit. So I'd really like to branch out. I need to get better with my Twitter, but again, as always, it's it's very it's very hard to be active on all this social media and whatnot. I'm not a huge social media guy, so I'm working on it, but I would really appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see y'all next week.